In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from across the pond, the ghost finder general himself, the most haunted Richard Felix. Good afternoon. How are you? How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Extremely well. Um, what have I got to report? Let me think about it. I did an event on Saturday night um, in a town hall in um, a place called Middlesbrough, um, up north in England. Very interesting evening. I've uh, <coughs> excuse me, I've never done a town hall before. Um, really? No, no. It was. It was. I mean, it was only built in 1889. So we're not talking of a particularly well old by our standards over here. Um, and it was, how can I put it? As Matthew Smith used to say on Most Haunted, very interesting. Um, mm. Nothing drastically exciting happened, but I think that's sometimes quite nice when it doesn't, because it means that, uh, you know, the people that we got, we got, a, I tell you what did happen, Ron, was rather interesting. We got a guy who'd hanged himself in his prison cell, because underneath the town hall were some old prison cells. Um... And there was nothing more than the guy was, he was a sailor and he'd, he'd been, been locked up because he was drunk and he hanged himself and his spirit, well, according to when we started doing the, the old business with the, the glass on the table, mm-hmm. um, he was stuck because he was frightened of what he'd done, committing suicide, self-murder as they called it in the olden days. And we, well, I actually sent him off to the light, would you believe? Um, uh. I find that a little hard to believe. Well, I'm be quite honest with you, Ron. I'm, I'm, as you probably know, I'm not a, a medium, a, a psychic, or anything else. But I asked him if he'd be, if he'd be prepared to go and have a look. Um, and well, I don't, Ron. I don't know. All I know is that the glass stopped moving after hmm. he'd gone up. There's an open door. Go through it. Um, and if you like what you see, carry on. The and, and the glass stopped. And everyone was, they, they were all, well, I don't know. There was a, a strange sensation came over the place. It, it changed. A, a, a peacefulness came over the place. Oh, the atmosphere changed then. Yes, it did. I mean, I, you know me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge skeptic that believes in ghosts. Um, and I can't tell you 
whether it's real, whether it whether he's really gone, whether he was ever really there. I only know that, that the glass stopped moving and this strange sensation seemed to come over the whole room where we were and everyone was happy. Interesting. Uh, it was it was. It was extremely I mean the reason I did it, I've done it before. I, many years ago on Most Haunted, I saw David Wells do similar. And I thought, go on, then let's have a go. Let's see what happens. Hmm. So whether I've laid someone to rest, who knows? I'll okay. find out when I get up there. Anyways, we have a, a guest on the show today, and she actually does what, kind of what you do. She's a historian, an author, and has also does her own ghost tours. And uh, she is the proprietor of New England Curiosities, Roxy Zueka. Good afternoon and good evening, everybody. Hi. So she is your counterpart. She actually works out of Portsmouth, which is, you know, Portsmouth, United States, Portsmouth, England. Yeah. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Richard? I'm extremely well. Extremely well. I was in your part of the country last last year with Ron, of course, when we did a um, one of the, the cruisers in Portsmouth, around the lighthouses and things, and the prison. It's a, it's a great place. How did you like it when you were out here? Oh, God. I, I, listen, I can't wait to get back. Um, <laughs> I had the most fantastic time. Uh, absolutely love New England. Um, and, and I just want to come. The only thing, the unfortunate thing was I missed the fall. Because we, 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 we went back home about, um, I think it was about the 6th of September. Uh, but I need to come back because I love it. I really do. Right. And speaking of uh, cruises, we're actually doing a cruise on uh, Saturday, which is something new we try and call the, the Ghost Cruise, and it's like three-hour tour. Mm, sounds familiar. <laughs> but it, it goes out and then uh, to the Isle Shows, which you know well, Roxy, and uh, also Smutty Nose and Portsmouth Lighthouse and that, that whole area. And that's uh, Saturday. In fact, if you go on the website, I think there are still some tickets available. But anyways, Roxy, that is your area. You know the stories about... Uh, the Isle of Shoals and Smutty Nose and so forth. I do, and um, I've been expanding my repertoire, as it were. Um, I'm actually just finishing up uh, my fifth book right now, which is on ghost stories from York County, which is southern Maine. So I'm really dipping into some new places along the coast and um, visiting some places that I've never been before. So Hmm. um, the stories continue to grow, and there is no shortage of experiences that are happening out there um, on a daily basis, it seems. Right. I mean, I mean, I had a great experience with you when we did that event at the uh, Inn by the Sea with the, the Ghost Bride, Lydia Carver. Yes, that was a, a, an incredible event, and it's always such a joy to hang out with you guys and, and see what we can come up with. And that's such a, such a, a story that's so close to my heart is the story of the Ghost Bride, Lydia Carver, and the tragic shipwreck, but... The beauty of it is she's she's still there in some form, as we found out that night. So, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about that story, actually, for those who are not familiar with it? Sure. Yeah, not... um, the story... Like Richard. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, the story goes back uh, about um, 200 years ago, and there was a uh, ship called the Wolf that was uh, sailing down to Boston, Massachusetts with Lydia Carver and her entire bridal party so they could be um, fitted for their attire. And on the way back, a severe storm seemingly blew in out of nowhere and wrecked the ship on um, a tiny ledge of rocks just outside of Cape Elizabeth, Maine, which is just south of Portland. 
And while the ship was being pummeled all night, the survivors tried to to hang on, and unfortunately, at dawn's light, um, Lydia Carver's body was discovered on nearby Crescent Beach, and next to her was her bridal trunk with her wedding gown that was never to be worn. And um, all told, uh, 16 people perished that night, and it was um, really just quite a tragic event. And um, it was in around the, the 1960s that stories started to be told about the presence of Lydia Carver's ghost. Um, everyone from members of the Historical Society had told stories about seeing a woman dressed in a white gown standing on uh, the road, which is nearby uh, Route 77, and seeing this figure standing there completely silent with a deer at her side and their, their, her hand touching the back of it. And, of course, Lydia is buried right up on the, the ridge just above Crescent Beach, and she's said to be a very active spirit in that cemetery, and also the Inn by the Sea, which coincidentally is a um, very popular spot for weddings, and she's said to visit a lot of the brides there um, the evening before they're married. She's been uh, seen in the hallway, sitting on the bed, moving um, past mirrors, and really making herself known. And, of course, um, we did a, a ghost bride tour investigation a few years ago with you guys, and um she was very active, um, following us around the, the property. Of course, I remember it was a, a cold winter night, but um, it was really uh, quite quite an event, I remember. And she's still said to be fairly active up there. Hmm. Richard, what do you think of that whole thing where uh, I like someone it. dies? I, like it. We, we, um, I mean, what I, I'd be very interested to know what, what you think about the fact that she, she appears where there's weddings. I mean, do you think that she's still around? Uh, obviously, she you know, the, the tragedy, the trauma of her death. But it, do you think she's visiting weddings because she's hoping that this one's going to be hers, if you know what I mean? You know, she was cheated. Uh, in other words, she got unfinished business. She was, you know, everything was resting on, on her marriage. Didn't happen. Um, is this one of the reasons why she still haunts the area where weddings take place, do you think? I, I think that is um, definitely one of the theories, and plus the fact that she's buried right on the same property as the um, as the inn. In fact, her gravestone is the the most well maintained um, by some people believe Lydia herself. And it's kind of funny because when you you talk about um, ghosts and encounters, you know, sometimes some of the stories I hear people are a little bit frightened of um, you know getting in touch with something they don't quite understand. But every encounter with Lydia has always been um, almost enchanting in, in a sense. People have um, really enjoyed having her uh, show herself in some instances or move things around or have dreams about her. So um, maybe, you know, in, in some form she's also uh, giving her blessing to those who are getting married, fulfilling a dream that she never really got to fulfill. That's lovely. Is she buried in consecrated ground, Roxy, or, or not? She is. It's a very small cemetery with, um, I'd say, probably only about 15 gravestones. And while hers is um, one of the oldest in the burying ground, it looks brand new. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and is it, I mean, do, do people lay claim to, to, to keeping it in good condition? Or, or is, it, is it something that, you know, no one knows who keeps doing it? No one knows um, who keeps doing it. In fact, the, the folks from the Inn by the Sea, um, although it's on their property, they don't, you know, maintain it. They keep the bushes around it trimmed. But as far as her gravestone, it looks brand new. It just displays two small cracks. Um, 
the willow and urn motif look completely brand new, and of course the inscription on the stone is very easily read, which of course details the tragedy. And um, no one knows how her stone is in such wonderful condition. How amazing. That's right. It's funny because there's something similar that we've got it here in England in a place called in Devon. Um, and there's, there's um, the grave of a, a young lady called Mary J. She actually committed suicide. And, and because of that, you probably know, certainly over here, suicides were not allowed to be buried in, in consecrated ground. Uh, and they buried her at the crossroads. Uh, the grave is still there. Her, her ghost is often seen standing at the crossroads. But the fascinating thing about it is that every day, every day, fresh flowers appear on her grave. And again, no one knows who's done it. I, I actually went there to film um, uh, for, for a DVD about Ghosts of Devon. And I took some flowers with me mm -hmm. to, to use, obviously, for, for while we were filming. But there was no need. Because when I arrived, there were fresh flowers on the grave. And it's, it's in the middle of, it's on a place called Dartmoor, which is a, a barren wilderness uh, where very few people go. And yet every day, same thing, similar thing, fresh flowers appear. Very strange. Wow, that's fascinating. Mm, similar, to you, similar to your story in a way, isn't it, when you think? It, it does seem um, really similar. And in fact, there's, um, there's a grave in um, the old York burying ground. York is a, a, a little old uh, 17th century village here off the coast. And there's said to be a... Um, well, the legend is that this woman um, was a witch. However, there's misconceptions that she may have actually been um, an herbalist. And um, <laughs> same story. There were hand-tied bunches of posies or wildflowers appearing on her grave, which is, is uh, you know, the legendary grave in the burying ground, and no one knows where they were coming from. And what was even more unusual, those mysterious flowers were also appearing in the nearby playground where children were claiming to have been pushed on the swings by somebody they couldn't see. Oh, wow, that's a cool story. Cool, that's that's good one. That's great. And, and wow. of course, we have the uh, Poe Toaster who brings flowers and uh, cognac to Edgar Allan Poe's graves for the last, uh, I don't know, 50 years or so. Did you say cognac? Cognac. Woo! That's the, now, that's the sort of things that don't bother with the flowers for me. Um, <laughs> that, that'll do me fine. Uh, I don't know whether you know this, but the Romans used to do similar uh, the Romans, when they buried their, their dead, they didn't, um, uh, they, they, well, they often used to cremate them um, and then put their ashes into where a grave is. And they used to have a thing, uh, it was like um, a stone pot called an amphora. And the, the family used to bring wine and it had a little spout sticking out of the grave. <laughs> and they used to pour the wine down into the grave uh, to soak into the ashes. Now then. Similar stuff, same as Edgar Allan Poe. Yes, it is. Yeah. But, uh, uh, well, uh, a little bit different, but because uh, they actually is, they have seen this person bring the flowers, but they don't know who he is, so that's kind of a, a little variation. To, to Edgar Allan Poe's grave? Yeah, they call him the Poe Toaster. But, uh, but that's, anyways, that's another story for another time. Roxy has uh, written several books, included uh, Haunted Portsmouth and uh, Haunted Pubs, is that what I believe, right? Uh, Haunted Pubs of New England, yes. And something about graveyards. Haunted Cemeteries of New England. Oh, my God. Did I miss anything? Uh, let's see. Haunted Portsmouth, Haunted Portland, Haunted Cemeteries of New England, 
haunted pubs of New England, and of course, in um, October of this year, will be haunted York County. Woohoo! Never a dull moment, you know. No, <laughs> but she also does uh, ghost tours like you do, Richie, which is I, I found interesting. I thought you guys like compatriots now because uh, <laughs> as long as I've known Roxy, she's been doing those, and and I think you really need a special uh, talent to uh, to do a ghost tour. Absolutely, you um, you have to have a, a penchant for history as well as the ghost stories because a ghost story without the historical background really doesn't have a lot of weight and it certainly doesn't pack the, the same impact either. And then the, one of the, the great benefits of, of doing the tours, of which I do seven different tours, um, is at the end of the tour, um, the people that you meet that tell you their own ghost stories and sometimes having those all turn out to be leads where you can go and, and kind of do the historical research and reconvene with those people and um, see what you come up with. So that, that, I think that's kind of why there's, there's no end to the ghost stories is because you're continually meeting people and continually exposing yourself to, to new places and new, um, new stories. Roxy, you're so right because, I mean, um, well, I mean, ghosts and history, for me, go, go together. There is no, there's nothing else. You know, just telling ghost stories all night uh, you know, there's a grey lady over there. Um, there's a, there's a, a man in a dark hat that appears over there. You know, that's fine, but people would soon get fed up and, and, and very bored with something like that. You, you've got to have the historical facts, the background, if you can, to, to, to you know, obviously to, um, to, to add to the whole thing. You know, in other words, for me, oh, there's a grey lady up there in that room. That's not enough. I want to know who is she? Why is she still there? What happened to her that's caused her to still be there? And, of course, one of the things a lot of people never think about, what can we do for her? Right. Because she was once a human being like you and me. <clears throat> right, and, and I, I think for some, some people who are, are really, really interested in, you know, finding out what's happening around them that are having ghostly experiences, they want to know. And, you know, it, if you can, to be able to find that, that information, of course, you know, New England's, you know, we're, we're pretty old. Obviously, we're not as old as where you, you are. are, Richard, but we've you got are. enough, you... we've got enough history, you know, that's been documented where you can go back and really start to piece these stories together. And I think that's, that's kind of the fun of it. And, and for me, I still, you know, places that I've read about and experienced, you know, things and events five or six years ago where I thought I knew all the ghost stories that were there, I'm still surprised because I still, hear more and still find out more about these places and that just makes them all the richer because there's still things happening and there's still more things to be discovered so it really just builds on the story and makes it um, in some cases completely incredible and I feel like a, a little victory every time I learn something new or hear something new I'm like oh, that's great you know I get very excited Absolutely. yeah and, and again you know sort of re you, you obviously like me I presume research into it yourself but it's so fantastic when someone perhaps on your ghost walk or whatever, actually comes along and, and gives you another little bit of that information. Um, it's so exciting. It, it's like um, an archaeologist finding, finding something under the ground, you know, the, the evidence that, that we knew was out there, someone gives to us. Um, you know, we should be called ghost detectives, really, or something like that. <laughs> I agree. I think, I think that's a, a, great, a great term to call us because it is, it is very exciting. To hear, um, you know, another addition to the story of, of what's happening, and and sometimes I don't know for you, Richard, and, and I'd be very interested to hear. But sometimes I hear stories from some of the most 
unlikely people who I might have originally thought were skeptical, yet um, they haven't told a lot of people, but they're they're willing to share their story. Does that happen to you a lot? Oh, yes, it does. Yes, so much. So. But I tell you what, the, the amazing thing is that it's happening so much more now uh, than it did. Because you know, I, I started doing ghost tours uh, 17 years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> And then, obviously, because again, you see, I I talk to everybody. I I, I don't have a script. Uh, never have had one in my life. And and so we and we stop, of course, on the way. We usually stop at a couple of pubs, and we actually sit down and have a drink. And I I talk to the public um, and ask them questions, and they they ask me and they tell me stories. But the thing I'm finding more and more is that that 17 years ago, if I asked if anybody had seen a ghost, I'd probably get two two people, possibly three, half put their hand up. Um, and be a bit embarrassed, and then what? Some of the group would laugh at them. But now, you ask someone if they've seen a ghost, heard a ghost, or whatever, and and I get getting on for half the group now. Put the hands straight up, no messing about, no worries, no fear of of, of ridicule or anything like that. Uh, and that doesn't mean that more people are now seeing ghosts. All it means is that people have always seen ghosts, but more people are prepared to talk about it than they were a few years ago. Because of the work that we've been doing, don't you think? Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, for, for those that are able to, to share their stories and that are anxious to share their stories, I think they're always very anxious to also hear our feedback on that and validation as well. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I presume you, you get people that, that are slightly, slightly embarrassed even now that come up to you perhaps at the end of the tour, and tell you a story that, that they've actually probably never told anybody, including their wives or, or, or their, their girlfriends or, or their husbands or whatever. Those are, those are famous last words for a lot of people. I've never told anybody, but I can tell you because you understand. Yep, you've got it in one. Yeah, so true. So we're doing, we're doing a good job, you know, although, although, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I used to get, oh, still, I get, I get very angry when, when we get ridiculed by, by so-called academics, um, historians, um, people that, you know, people from museums and things like that, 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 um, think that what we're doing is, is, well, Scooby-Doo, Disney stuff. I agree. Um, I do. Um, I do a, a lot of lectures, and uh, you know, I speak to all sorts of people. And you know, I, I recently uh, did an event where they were a, a little bit concerned that uh, folklore uh, was not history. And mm. uh, I think we got into a little bit of debate on that because I, I truly believe that the folklore, the, the ghost stories, the legends, that they are very much a part of our history, and to leave that out. I really think that it's lacking. So I think they they kind of feel by telling that that you're you're not telling the true history and that right. you're being a little more sensational. But I often find that in order to to tell the full history, you need to have the folklore, and that perhaps someone that wasn't that interested in learning the history by telling the folklore, yes. they might actually learn a little more and be much more engaged. You're absolutely right. I mean, to be honest with you, this all started for me. Uh, I, oh, 1992, I opened a heritage center uh, in, in um, uh, an old Tudor uh, grammar school in the center of Derby, where, funnily enough, the founder of Boston, Massachusetts, went to school, the Reverend John Cotton, would you oh, believe? Wow. Yeah. Uh, any, anyway, the place was haunted, so I started doing uh, various things, but I didn't 
didn't do ghost walks. I was doing history walks. And I got a group of school children on a cold January morning uh, doing them on a history walk around the, the city of Derby. Now, I have an ability to be able to tell a story, uh, and, and it captivates people. Uh, but even these kids were a little bit cold, getting a bit wet. It was raining and wanting to know when we were going back to the shop. And I stopped outside this old, the oldest pub in Derby, and I was going to tell them all the stories about Tudor buildings and, da, 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 and the fact that it was the body snatchers that used to deliver them. And all I said to them was, by the way, there's a ghost in here. Well, their, their jaws dropped, their eyes opened wide, and I got all of the stories about the jetted building and how people used to empty their peapots out through the window, shouting Gardaloo and body snatchers and the whole story. And then all they wanted to know from then on was, any more ghost stories? Are we going to anywhere else that's haunted? <laughs> and they forgot about going back to the shop. They forgot it was raining. They forgot it was cold. And I thought, oh, if I can do this with kids like that on a cold January morning, then I can get my history stuff over to, to adults as well. And it's 17 years on. Isn't that funny? Um, I find the same thing when I do um, tours with school groups. And, of, of course, you know, we talked about some of the stories that we tell are very rich in history. It's funny how some of the schools have actually written the folklore of my tour into their educational unit because the kids are much more able to, to remember dates and names when it's involved in more of a, a folklore or a ghost story as opposed to doing just a straight historical yes. tour because they're much yeah, more absolutely. receptive to that. Yeah, it's so true. Because, again, you know, names and dates sometimes can can be a little boring depending on how interested you are but you know you give them a bit, you give them the juicy bits as i call it the the fascinating bits and all of a sudden uh it brings the whole story alive and so long as you're telling oh you know the same as me that we can't prove any of the ghost stories that we tell right but we can prove the history that goes with it Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's amazing how much they are able to retain and, and how much people walk away and they say, wow, you know, well, I might still be a little skeptical about the ghost stories, but I learned so much about that building that I didn't know about. Or I learned so much about that cemetery because I'm, I'm sure in much of your stories too, Richard, that sometimes truth is stranger than fiction, even outside of the ghost story. Some of the things that have, have happened really warrant storytelling. Very much so. Absolutely right. Last week, um, end of term over here, um, I actually did 11 ghost walks, um, and 90% of them were for schools at the end of term. So they've changed. They're changing their attitudes. They're, they're, you know, they're coming into the 21st century and, and wanting, wanting people to tell ghost stories to schools, which I find fascinating. And I'm, I'm so glad that, that things are changing in that respect. And it's kind of funny because one of the very, very first ghost stories that I remember hearing, I myself was on a field trip. We won't say how many years ago, but it was a while <laughs> back now. And um, it was in uh, Old Deerfield Village in Massachusetts. And yeah. the, the tour guide just happened to say that one of the, the old taverns had a ghost story with, with ghosts that danced and enjoyed the, the atmosphere from back in the day and it really harkened back to the 1700s. And I think it was at that time that I probably was paying the most attention to the entire tour, not saying that this wasn't fascinating, but I think that really made me remember that 
particular field trip over some of the Roxy, we're going to have to take a break right now. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, <laughs> you are listening to Ghost Chronicles. We'll be right back after the following messages on TojiNet, Parax, and beyond. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Miller X family. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station? Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear these latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick. Our very special guest is Roxy Zwicker. Uh, join us live in the TojiNet or the Parax chat room or call in with your questions at 877-864-4869 877-864-4869 and I know Roxy that you've got to be leaving us but uh, once again this is Roxy Zwicker from the Wingland Curiosities and your website is www.newenglandcuriosities.com and we also have a page on Facebook full of pictures and stories and great stuff to check out. Cool. So, Roxy, uh, anything else you want to add before uh, I know you have to go? So, Well, what I'd like to add and something I always tell people that are on my tours is, you know, you don't have to really go far to look for ghost stories. I really kind of just like people to look in their own backyard and start there and talk to people that are around them and, uh, investigate some of their cemeteries because you never know what you can find that's right close to home. Well, Roxy, we want to thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, as usual, it was interesting. We'll have to have, to have you back on again, and especially uh, maybe when your new book comes out so we can learn a little bit more about uh, York County. Great. That would be awesome. It was a pleasure speaking to you both, and I wish you nice a great talking rest of the to show. You. Kindred <laughs> spirits, I think we are, Roxy. I think so, too, Richard. Keep having fun and, and keep up the great work. I will, and you. Thank Talk you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, bye now. Bye. Oh, that was cool, Richard, huh? Oh, yeah, listen, it's, it's rather, it's, it's great to talk to someone that's, that's um, you know, that, well, I mean, you, you are, you, you're very similar, but, you know, we, we, uh, we're, in, you're, we're into the history, I think, 
possibly more than than some ghost hunters are. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that's where I think that, that we, we tend to be able to bring things alive. Um, because, you see, Ron, I, I can't see... Let, let's take Mary Queen of Scots, for instance. You know, very famous person. Um, how close is... If you see the ghost of Mary Queen of Scots, then you are you are so much closer than picking up any history book and looking looking at a picture of what she might look like. Um, you're actually seeing, or I don't know if, if it's a if it's the spirit or soul of, of of Mary Queen of Scots or Oliver Cromwell or or General Custer or or anybody else for that matter. Um, you know, you, you're actually seeing them. You know, you're actually seeing the person. It's like you know, huge celebrities. It's like, I suppose it's so similar to, um, I don't know, um, James D, Brad Pitt coming in and, and, you know, you're talking of celebrities. And right. we're actually seeing, seeing them, not in the flesh, obviously, but their, <clears throat> their spirit, their soul, their energy, call it what you will, that is still around. And for a fan of Brad Pitt or, or, or whoever else, well, you know, wouldn't they be excited? Right, absolutely. Well, you know what's funny is uh, you, you've heard of the movie, movie Ghost with uh, Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, right? I think it's the, one of the best ghost films that's ever been out. Yeah, I like it myself. But you know Patrick Swayze passed away, right? Indeed. Okay. Well, Whippy Goldberg, who plays the character of uh, a trans medium like Maureen is, uh, my own yes. Maureen, uh, well, supposedly she was visited by Patrick Swayze after he died, and and yeah. she was not happy. <laughs> Why? Huh? Why wasn't she happy? She really wasn't didn't she want to deal with Patrick it. Swayze. <laughs> I mean, this is what I heard. I, mean, I I can't verify this hundred percent, but this is what I'm hearing out there. Is that she actually? She what? Well, did she see him? Did he? Did he? Could tell me more. Well, you know, you remember the penny bit. Well, she was finding pennies everywhere, which is, you know, signs and so forth. And, yeah, she was, like, uh, uh, really upset. She basically told him, you know, if you want to go visit something, go visit Demi Moore. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, that's what I heard. I could be wrong. Uh, well, listen, we, as we've said so often, we can't prove any of it. But, but it's been around too long. There's been too many stories. Too people have too many people have reported seeing things and said, you know, uh, for it to be wrong. Well, I know there's something in it. I know it's real, and I, I would wouldn't be at all surprised if Maureen really did get visited by Patrick. So I think it's fascinating, mm. but it's it, it becomes so close to history when when something like that happens. That, that's and of course getting on to my other pet subject. Of course, the fact you know recordings. In, yeah, before in, we go uh, into recording, Richard, uh, we do have a couple of questions we want to answer from oh, the right. chat room before uh, we lose the show, you know. So I do want to get those in. Uh, this is, let me, I have two of them. First of all, uh, one of them is from, let me see, da, 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 uh, Iona. And she wanted to find out uh, what the story is with Dr. Uh, uh, Matthew Smith, and what is happening with him. Right. Um, I was with Matthew a few weeks ago. It was his 40th birthday um, in June. Um, he's still pursuing uh, 
because um, he's got a year, hasn't he, which he's trying to claim the James Randi um, million pounds. Um, and he's still persevering with, with visiting, oh gosh, psychic mediums, um, trans mediums, uh, psychic fairs, um, and try, trying to sort of create, to become, become a medium. But right. I tell you what, be a very good idea if we actually had him back on in the very near future to see, get him to answer for himself. Oh, do a follow-up? Yes. I think yeah, so. great idea, great idea. I will I ring think... him up and wish him happy birthday because I didn't get to his party and um, see if he'd like to come back on and tell us, tell us how far he's got, um, whether it's possible. Because we're six months into it now, aren't we? Right. So, I mean, he must have made some progress, um, at least had a feeling what is progressing. Yeah, oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I've, I've, as I spoke to him a little while ago, and, and things were start, things were changing. I think slightly. He was he was saying, you know, there was a slight, there was a there was a glimmer. Let's put it that way. So um, mm -hmm. let's get him on and see what he's got to say. Okay, we will do that. Now, there's also another question, and and I've heard this rumor myself that uh, most haunted is no more. I've heard the same thing. Um, do, you, do you have any verification of that or anything? Or? Yes, I can tell you that, that, it, that in fact, Yvette Fielding has, has left the program. Uh, she, she wrote a, um, a letter on her, on Most Haunted's uh, page, fan page, whatever you call it, uh, saying that she was moving on uh, to pursue other things. But I, I, I'm not sure why that is. But I, I, I do know that, that Yvette is no longer with the show. Mm -hmm. And and my opinion of the whole thing is, of course, well, you know, if there's no event, then there will be no more Most Haunted, I would think. Interesting. So the end of an era, perhaps? Oh, my God. Do you think about this? We're talking of nearly, te nearly 10 years. A decade. Uh, we're talking of a show that, that actually had 14 series. Um, and I know that, that shows like, even like Friends didn't actually make series 14 did they no so that we're talking of i i used to refer to it um many years ago as, as a cult but i've, I've changed it because that's totally wrong i i ne i've referred to it for a long time as a phenomena second right. to none um whether people love it hate it um believe in it or not that single program uh has created more argument more debate more discussion and more research than I think probably any ghost program has in the history of TV. Has um, there, in the UK, has there ever been a, a ghost program as big as Most Haunted? No. Never, 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 ever. Um, and I, I, wonder, I wonder if there ever will be, Rob. Um, they <laughs> just seem to get, <laughs> excuse me, the ingredients right. Um... And I'm, you know, very pleased to have played a part in it for, you know, four years and 122 programs. Um, my my only criticism of, of the show was that we, we the, the, the ghost hunting public, in my opinion, never learned any more about what a ghost really was. Right. Um, in other which words... Is, which is what you are trying to uh, inform sir, them about. Exactly. Exactly. That's the whole point. That's my quest. I'm trying to actually um, reach, get to the bottom of the whole damn thing and, and try and explain to people as best as I can at this moment what, what a ghost really is. Um, 
And I think the problem you've got with so many TV programs is that that they believe that that the public needs the scare factor all the time. And you you come on, Ron, you you've done enough ghost hunts. Um, ghosts are not necessarily always scary monsters. No, absolutely not. Like the like Roxy was saying earlier about the young lady that was was um, was shipwrecked and 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 died. You know, nothing scary about her. Right. She wasn't there to get people, was she? No, she wasn't. No, she was just that, like most ghosts are. But um, you know, I I um, I can tell you, you know, that that is definite. Yvette Fielding has has left the show. Uh, they're on series fourteen, and as far as I know, um, there will probably be no more. So, uh, well, speaking of paranormal shows over there, Richard, what else is there in the paranormal running at this time over there besides Most Haunted? Is there are there any other shows? I mean, you know, we don't we don't get all of the the shows from the BBC, so or Sky TV. What 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 other shows are there in the paranormal? Ron, there isn't. We we get all your shows. We get, I mean, Taps, um, you know, um, Ghost Hunters is, yep. is is I would I would say our favourite mm-hmm. over here. Um, we 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 like Taps. Um, people are always saying to me, "Wow, that's that's much more real than than most haunted." You know, they try and disprove everything first, um, and they've you know they've got quite a big following over here. Mm-hmm. And then we get a couple. We get something from I think from Australia every now and then. And a New Zealand one as well. And really? That's it, Rob. Nothing else coming. Huh. But watch this space, because I'm working on more than one at the moment. So I told you a couple of weeks ago that, that I'm working on something that I can't tell you about yet. Right. Um, which is quite exciting. Um, because I'm trying, all I'm trying to do is, is create a ghost program that, that gives you the real, the real facts, the reality of what ghosts are, and... The unfortunate thing is, folks, that there won't always be scary ghosts coming out of the screen at you. There won't always be people running off screaming. Um, you know, in other words, what I'm saying is we'll be in a haunted location trying to find out what it's all about. And if nothing happens, well, watch next week, folks, because you never know. Right. And I think that's what the public's ready for. I, I really think so. And I think it'll definitely, if, if most haunted is going, then it'll just you definitely need something to fill a void. Now, I mean, you, you, you've seen the Australian and the New Zealand ghost show as well, Richard, right? Yes, I have. The, the, the New Zealand one is quite good, where they send, I think they send someone off more or less alone into a building mm-hmm. uh, with a head cam. Okay. And this is something that I've been on about for so many years, you know, that... Uh, um, like your uh, trip to the woods in Gettysburg? Yes. Well, I mean, if I'd had a head cam... Who knows? You know, in other words, what I'm saying, you know, if I see something, then if I've got a head cam on, there's every possibility that you, the the public, the viewing public, will see what I've seen, because I, the camera's always pointing in the same direction as my eyes. So that's, that's something true. that is 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 needed um, for a decent ghost show. And um, the other one, of course, is um, for my little dog to be with me. Because for me, that is the biggest and best ghost detector that there is. Oh, that would be actually a, a good thing, yes, to bring in the animal, yeah, a uh, regular Scooby-Doo. Absolutely. Ah. Uh, but, you know, a really sensitive little dog. And, and, you know, my little West Highland Terrier here, Charlie, is, is, is the man for the job. <laughs> and that's something I'm working on at the moment. So, as I say, watch this space, guys. Hmm. 
Yeah, that would that would be extremely interesting as well. Now, um, I know that you, you you're talking about. We we talked a little bit about the uh, stone tape theory, which is like you, you have pet project yes. other than what yes. is a ghost, um, yes. and and that is a recording in the silica, right? Is that yes. am I getting this right? That that a, a uh, energy event for instance, a spirit gets recorded, and that's what we really see, rather than a, a live spirit. That's right. That's right. Um, and it's it's purely a recording uh, in the same way as you could record onto a piece of plastic silica, sticky silica tape, sprinkle iron oxide particles on it, and it can re- hold a recording. It, it's a cassette. It's a it's a videotape. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need I need some help. I need a I need a, a university, a, a school, a, a scientist, or someone to try and give me more information. Because my biggest problem is, Ron, that I'm not a scientist. Um, I left school at 15, and I hated physics, and I loathed science, but I'm now getting into the realms of, well, quantum physics and all sorts of stuff. I want to know if a brick has enough magnetism in it to be able to, if you've got a brick wall full of magnetic bricks with sil- made of silica and iron oxide, whether there is a possibility that that brick, brick, brick wall can hold a recording of a traumatic event, like like someone dying. Right. Um, and I've tried by, I mean, I've, I've sort of put a mag, um, what's it called? A oh, come on, a compass on, on right. the brick, but it doesn't move. It doesn't move. I don't mean the brick. I mean the compass. You know, the the, the needle doesn't move. Right. So I don't know whether whether I'm on the right track. Well, uh, I think I think I think you're right, Richard. But you need some type of. Uh, I believe energy to spark the uh, recording. Right. Otherwise, it's still maybe recorded in here, and yeah, you're not getting a, a compass to move. But if you have a some type of an energy spike, and it doesn't necessarily be electrical energy, it could be any type of uh, or any particular energy that that does this, and then the recording is released. Uh, that would would, would kind of make sense. Yeah, and that's where I'm coming because you see, that's where I come on with the with the energy source from you and me. Because as, as I now start saying to everyone, when when did you last plug yourself in, Ron, to charge yourself up? Right. You've never done it because all you right. do is lie down. Oh, I've rest. been plugged in a few times in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah but of course you have. Of course <laughs> you have. But just think about this. Each one of everyone listening to this show out there is a, a unique energy source that that is not attached to any other energy source and recharges itself. In other and. and the big one for me is that each individual person emits approximately two kilowatts of electricity in a 24-hour period. Now, that, so in other words, we are our, our own self-generating energy source. Uh, and in time of crisis, we can harness the adrenaline, the two kilowatts of electricity, to keep us alive. And you've heard the stories of mothers lifting cars off, off children um, of, of people on battlefields and, and in fires and various places that somehow, and we don't know how, have managed to get out of that place, even though there were perhaps locked doors, iron bars. But we, In other words, we have um, an energy source that we can use in time of crisis. Right. We are very difficult to kill. Um, you know, John Wayne shoots you and you don't fall down dead. It's probably six bullets more and then one in the brain before you're actually dead because the body has this amazing ability to draw on the adrenaline and the energy to keep you alive. 
Right. That's what I believe is the energy source that causes the recording in the fabric of the building. You know, I'm really interested because, I mean, we're doing this, this ghost cruise on Saturday. It, um, it's, it's a three-hour thing, but we're going to be going over the water, okay, so uh, water conducts electricity and so forth. And we're going to be actually trying to uh, do EVPs from nearby spirits or something. I mean, is it possible that, like, you know, ghosts can travel across the water and, and record their voices on a recorder or, or not? I think, I think so, because the big, the big one is to take it to stage farther, and this, this actually came... Um, originally, Steve Parsons, who we've had on the show before, of course, um, is a great believer that water can also hold hold a recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons is because would you be, I don't know whether you know this, but there is actually um, a lot of silica in water. And back to the silica recording business, um, this is the fascinating bit that we also contain anything between, uh, let me think about it, I can't remember, seven, yes, about approximately 7% water. Uh, we are made of 75% water. Our brain, our hard drive, is made of 85% water, and we contain more silica in our bodies than we do iron. But just listen to this, guys. Everybody out there, just listen to this one. As we get older, we do not retain as much silica as we did when we were younger. And Ronald, what do we lose when we get older? Uh, our, br- our memory. Our memory. We yes, and they've been experimenting in France for fourteen years, fifteen years now, by adding extra silica into the water of elderly people, and they've reduced the degenerative disease in those people by eleven percent. Really? Yeah. So, but, this, but the I question is, can we trust the French? Well, I think we can do. <laughs> it's, a long time since it's a long time since the Battle of Waterloo. So I think, um, and the amazing thing is that one of the waters, um, I don't know whether you get Evian water over there, um, it's French, and it mm-hmm. actually contains more silica than any other. Because you see, when, when it rains and the water runs over the granite and the limestone and the um, sandstone, which is silica, it absorbs some of the silica in it. And it's, I, I think, I think I'm onto something. I really think there's a possibility that I may be onto something that, that is real. That, that, that's why ghosts are, uh, have got clothes on, because that's how they were dressed just before they died. Yeah, but I mean, well, that doesn't explain, you know, an intelligent haunting where you have a ghost that nope. interacts right. with you. That's different. There's two, there's two sorts. There's a spirit and soul of a dead person that is yeah. intelligent, that knows you're there, that is here for a reason, but that makes up, I think, a smaller percentage than the recording ghost that most people see and hear and think they've seen a ghost. If you were to play a, um, a John Wayne film to, to a crowd of people 100 years ago, if they knew who John Wayne was, would they all leave the building and say, my God, it's the ghost of John Wayne? Because it's a recording right. on a piece of silica tape right. with iron oxide. Perhaps. I've not said that for a bit. I just think I, I need help. I need someone to come and help me. Uh, not literally come over and help me, but with, with, <laughs> you know, to take this project a stage farther. A university or somebody like that, that would, could, could say, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, a, a, a brick wall could, could be magnetic enough to, to, hold, to hold a recording. 
and then someone, as you said, an energy source, someone near it, someone on the right frequency, sees this figure again, but the figure doesn't interact with you because it's nothing more than a recording. It can't. Right. It doesn't jump when it sees you because it doesn't see you. You jump when you see it because you think it's a ghost. Now, I mean, there's also theories that basically when you see a spirit, you're you're basically seeing a uh, a time portal, basically, where, uh, you know, if you believe it all, everything happened at once, that you're, you know, the, the two parallel universes, the two times are uh, merging, and you've got that little doorway or that little glimpse, call it a portal, call it whatever you like, and uh, the spirit actually enters our realm, which is, you know, or, or vice versa. I mean... Yeah, do they see us? Do they think we're a ghost to them? It's very possible. Yes, I think so. I think that is... A, you see, it's a time thing again. You see, I, I think, I don't know whether you remember, at the end of my book, I actually put the fact that for the last 400 years, scientists, that's astronomers, have been peering into the night sky looking through their telescope, but looking at things that no longer exist. Mm -hmm. Because by the time the, 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 the ghost of that dead star reaches the end of that guy's telescope, travels the millions of light years, you know, that star's been dead for a long time, and we've only just seen it. Right. But we call it, you know, is that a ghost? Huh, a interesting, thing. a ghost of a star. Yeah, because by the time its, its image travels the millions of light years Correct. to your telescope, it's dead. It's gone. But there's no right. such thing I, as ghosts. Now, there's also uh, another thing, Richard, where people have actually, uh, you know, I know down in Gettysburg, Mark Nesbeth had told me this story many a times where uh, people have gone in an elevator and the elevator door opens up in a, in a place and they're in a uh, field hospital. I mean, they see the wounded, the doctors and everything, and, the, and they see them as well, but it's not the, the same location. They go up and they come away, and when they come back down, it's all gone. So what happened then? Is it a time warp or, uh, you know? Yeah, could it be a time warp? Is it something to do with the... The energy from from the from the from the elevator, um, the, the electricity, the I, it, that's a fascinating one. I've never heard that before. I didn't. I don't remember talking to him about that. But that's great. But again, is it? You know, are we take are we going up a level to another plane and then coming back down, or is it the energy that's causing a split in a dimension? Uh, is it a frequency change? Goodness, only. But you see, Ron, I think the biggest problem is that we. We're actually living in the Stone Age as regards paranormal investigation. You know, there's, there's all, almost no funding for paranormal investigation. So oh, according absolutely. To there's no, uh, so according to scientists, there's no such thing as ghosts. So it's all down to us, guys, us amateurs. That's, that's true. That's true. But, I mean, weren't, weren't most great scientists, uh, you know, especially in the, in the early days, weren't they amateurs, you know, well, uh, you know, they had a lot of them had no training at all, any scientific training at all. Yet they were able to make great discoveries and no money. But they they persevered, and some of the greatest discoveries on Earth have been made by amateurs and by accident too. By the way, oh, absolutely right. So you know, as, as I say, keep keep doing it, guys. Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep keep searching. Um, keep researching. Uh, keep searching for ghosts because one day. One of us out there might just find that little bit of positive proof. 
that there really is life after death in some form. But it won't be the scientists that find it because they're not looking for it. We are the ghost hunting public. <laughs> uh, right, unless, like it says, it's found by uh, uh, accident. I mean, we, someone may, even a scientist uh, might be doing some experiment with lasers, for instance, or something, and it might just have the right combination that we need to uh, see a ghost, for instance, uh, to, to you know, to another, see into another world. Or right, exactly, or, or, or being able to materialize this ghost uh, at will. I mean, for instance, just say we could invent the pair of goggles. I know we have infrared goggles, but uh, what if we could have glasses where we could put them on and actually see a ghost? You know, I mean, there are there are uh, been horror movies and stuff where they, they've had these things and. You know, maybe maybe that's going to happen. I think that's a possibility. I mean, there's, there's a guy, um, would you believe, another Frenchman <laughs> called Marcel Vogel, who was experimenting with quartz and quartz crystal, which, strangely enough, is silica. Um, and he, he had made all sorts of ama amazing um, um, discoveries. Um, that, I mean, funnily enough, for, um, here he, he he was doing an experiment. He was a, he was a devout Catholic, by the way, mm -hmm. and he was concentrating on a, on a, an image of, of the Virgin Mary for an hour while grow while he was actually viewing the growth of a crystal through a microscope. And then he claimed afterwards, after the hour, that he could actually see in the crystal a, a recognizable shape of the Madonna. Of, wow, of that's interesting. I'll, I'll have to learn about, a little bit more about that. What was his name again? Well, yes, I must tell you more because he's, he's, he's one of my heroes. And he actually somehow... We're going to have to actually hold that uh, for another time, Richard, because we've got about uh, less than a minute left in the show. Oh, I will do that. We'll do, Marcel Vogel, I will tell you more about him next, next time. Uh, we definitely, I would definitely like to learn a little bit more about this as well. Uh, I know I own her in the uh, chat room. Uh, she said perhaps 2012 is when uh, the paranormal will come alive. Uh, hey. with yeah. I'm waiting. <laughs> we find out. So you're listening to the Ghost Chronicles International. Richard, your website is? It's Richard Felix at www.richardfelix.co.uk. Come and talk to me. Right. Or you can join us at the New England Ghost Project website, which is NE, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. And uh, once again, uh, anybody's interested, uh, we do have a ghost cruise on Saturday, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll see. I'll, let, I'll report back and let, me let you know if we made contact with any spirits across the water, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, let me know, because we can talk some more about that as well. Hmm. So, Richard, well, I know that... I get like a few seconds left, but I mean, have you ever heard of uh, ghosts that that actually, you know, were in the water or, or whatever? Yeah, I, I m listen. M most haunted sites are damp or wet. You think about the number of lakes, rivers, streams, uh, ancient wells, marshland. Okay. Ghost stories connected. So you're saying yeah. yes? There's something in it. Yes. Okay, so it's time to say good night. God bless everyone. Talk to you next week. Bye bye. From ghoulies to ghosties, long legged 